Live from Lemert Park, USA, I'm Tavis Smile, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. So glad to see you and me back in stride again. Our phone number, 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. All of our socials can be found at KBLA 1580. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, everything at KBLA 1580. Let me also invite you right now to download our app in case you have not at KBLA 1580. Download the app and listen to us live anywhere you go in the world, but only if you have the app at KBLA 1580. Should you miss us any day in real time, check out the podcast of our program by going to the app, the website, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, so many places to get the uh, podcast and listen at your leisure should you miss us any day in real time. But I am delighted to have you along live with us today for the next three hours. You can also watch the live stream of this program by tapping on the KBLA TV icon on our app or by going to our YouTube channel. Let me also finally invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Real Tavis Smiley and get Twitter updates at Tavis Smiley. Another great show on tap you today in our second hour. It has been an eventful week in the economy. President Biden and congressional leaders have failed to resolve the impending default crisis during a meeting in the Oval Office just yesterday afternoon. They plan to meet again, we are told, on Friday. Uh, a critical week of negotiations on raising the debt ceiling. The U.S. may run out of money soon. Uh, if the debt limit isn't raised, then last weekend, uh, the uh, panel here in California, uh, uh, considering reparations, uh, voted to approve recommendations to the state legislature to make payments in the millions of dollars uh, to black Californians for injustices and discrimination stemming from slavery. And then news this morning uh, that the U.S. consumer price uh, uh, rose 4.9 percent in the year through April, a tenth straight month month that is of declines in inflation. It sounds like good news. We'll find out when we're joined by Dr. Julianne Malveaux, economist in our two in our third hour. Netflix has released the long-awaited uh, four-part docudrama Queen Cleopatra, produced by Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, the show stars Adele James, uh, a biracial British actor in the lead role as the famous queen. Uh, but this has uh, sparked all kinds of controversy and a Twitter storm online. So, was Cleopatra black or not? Dr. Rebecca Fudo-Kennedy, an associate professor of classics at Denison University, joins us to unpack the new Cleopatra controversy in hour three. In this first hour today, though, two conversations. On the B side of this hour, our regular contributor, Ruben Navarrete Jr., joins us for a conversation on a possible border crisis surge expected tomorrow, in fact. Uh, the U.S.-Mexico border, that is. Uh, surge they expect tomorrow. Uh, we'll tell you why on the back side of this hour. We commence, though, today's program with this. After just three hours of deliberation, a jury has found former President Donald Trump liable for battery and defamation in the E. Jean Carroll case. Uh, you know she brought this lawsuit in November, alleging that Trump defamed her in his 2022 Truth Social post by calling her allegations a hoax and a lie and saying this woman is not my type <laughs> when he denied her claim. Uh, uh, that Trump had raped her, that he had raped her in a Bergdorf Goodman dressing room back in the 1990s. The jury awarded Carol a total of $5 million yesterday in the lawsuit, uh, and they found that Trump did not rape Carol, but sexually abused her. All that said, it's a civil case, not a criminal case. So for this, at least, Donald Trump is not going to prison. Our regular contributor, Connie Rice, joins us now. Watch how this works. Connie uh, good morning. Go. 
Good morning. Hey, breaking news tsunami, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so the misogynist in chief is building his resume tab. He's, he's gone from he's gone from twice impeached, criminally indicted, presidential election losing, and now he's adding. Not even forget the insurrection. Yeah. He's adding to that resume adju- adjudicated sexual abuser and defamer. Mm. So this this case says says a couple of things. E. Jean Carroll is 79 years old. When she was raped by, uh, at least sexually assaulted by Donald Trump in a department store uh, uh, fitting room, women in those days didn't have a Me Too movement, and they did not accuse very powerful men of any kind of sexual transgression. So in this window, she files a, a defamation suit saying, you called me a liar and a con woman when I wrote in my book that you raped me. And so to do this, she had to prove, to, to prevail in this case, she had to show that he lied, that she told the truth, and that she suffered damages. And what's amazing is that this is a unanimous jury, six men, one of whom is a MAGA uh, podcast listener to Tim Pool, so he was not, you know, inclined to, to be favorable to her. But it was a unanimous verdict, nine jurors, six men, three women, and uh, they found that they didn't find on rape, but they found that he sexually assaulted her and that he defamed her. And um, it, that's 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 historic. Yeah, he's historic. Uh, let me ask to uh, ask you this for starters. Um, does it make a statement to you that there were, in fact, six men and three women? Or is that really not a story because it's New York and the politics of New York are anti-Trump politics? Well, like I just said, at least at least one of the jurors and there were the the commentators were talking about who observed the jury selection process that there was at least one uh, mega conservative on that jury. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it was not you know a left leaning progressive jury at all. And in fact, a number of the lawyers watching the case in the courtroom because I was not in the courtroom, but the commentators who were lawyers were often voicing concerns about man, man they might not get it. But the fact that they did and that the circumstances of this case were, were a little strange. Happened a long time ago. She didn't file charges at the time, couldn't remember when it actually happened. But here's the astonishing thing. After the Me Too movement, this is what changed with this case. It shows that juries are now willing, more willing to believe, the, when, believe a woman when she says she was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And number two, to your point, Tavis, you can't get rid of toxic masculinity without men standing up against it. That those were the two lessons that I kind of drew from this, and 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 you know it's 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 really it's really important to understand. Rape has always been an epidemic. One in five women can expect to be raped at some point in her life. For African American women, it's one in three. Mm. So you know we've got to, uh, as a community, as a country, it's 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 worldwide. Misogyny is worldwide. Violence against women is worldwide. And this this isn't a huge victory, but for women, particularly of, of her generation, our our mother's mm-hmm. uh, age, yeah. uh, she stood up, she challenged him, and she prevailed. How much of this do you think um, is the result of Donald Trump bringing this on himself? I'm thinking now about the Access Hollywood tape. I'm thinking now of his comments about standing in the middle of Park Avenue and doing whatever he wanted, et cetera, et cetera. How much of this has to do with his own words coming back to haunt him? I think there were several things that made that that that, that uh, there were prior bad acts from other women that got to, that, that got admitted evidence of that. You had uh, Trump's deposition where he he you know confirming that he is a co- legal client from Hades. Uh, 
actually in the deposition confusing his second wife with the plaintiff, E. Jean Carroll. Couldn't even tell the difference. He didn't appear, which was contemptuous of the jury. They played the Access Hollywood tape. So I think, I th- but the most important thing is I think she presented credible contemporaneous report witnesses, friends of hers who were prominent women now, had prominent careers, and they got on the stand and said, she called me right after this, and this is how she reacted. I remember every detail about this. So I think those five factors did it. So when we come forward, I asked Connie uh, the, uh, the, the penultimate question, does it matter? Um, <laughs> I'll share my views about that, but this is really about uh, Connie Rice's uh, point of view, and we'll see if, she, if Connie and I agree on this. After all that Connie's just laid out, does it matter? Does it stop his campaign? Does it hurt his poll numbers? Does it mean he's not going to be the presumptive Republican nominee? He's not going to prison for it. It's a civil case, not a criminal case. So the most uh, that happens to him uh, vis-a-vis the law is that he pays this $5 million uh, uh, fine, a $5 million verdict, if you will, a judgment. Um, that's the worst that happens to him legally. But does it matter beyond that? We'll get Connie thoughts to that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, Connie Rice, um, does any of this matter? We, we, we heard the verdict. Uh, we see the judgment. Uh, it's a civil case, as I said once again, not a criminal case. Does this matter? It matters to E. Jean Carroll. It matters to the Me Too movement. It matters to women who are fighting sexual violence. And it matters to Trump. If you look at his tweet, not his tweet, his social media, his social truth mm-hmm. posts, whatever he does on that thing, mm-hmm. uh, he's furious. It doesn't matter a whit, not one thing. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter at all. In fact, it enhances his chances for the GOP nomination. If you look at the Republican reactions to this, mm-hmm. it enhances his fundraising. Um, but it also increases the divide between sane people and MAGA nation. So it matters and it doesn't. Yeah. So at what point, and you'll take, you'll take uh, my, my rationale in asking this question and certainly asking it of you, at what point... Does Trump have a point or does he or will he never have a point that this is starting to look like and feel like a pile on? He uses the phrase witch hunt all the time. And my concern is legitimate or illegitimate, uh, because, you know, perception is all that matters in this country. <laughs> Legitimately or illegitimately, we are going to get to a point, I believe, where it really does start to look like a witch hunt. Never mind what he's done to bring it on himself. Um, that they're out to get this guy. And to your point, it's not just a matter of whether or not it's going to help his fundraising, help his poll numbers, move him closer to becoming the nominee, the presumptive nominee now, if you ask anybody who's covering this, including you and every other guest I've had uh, on this program. But now you start talking about whether or not it, 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 it moves the needle on his chances of winning the election. Because he makes this argument credibly to uh, to millions of Americans that this is nothing but a witch hunt. It is a pile on. When do we get to that point? Because that's a serious line you don't want to cross. That's true. And it may already be, in a lot of people's minds, too much. They're persecuting him as opposed to prosecuting him for crimes that he's done. Right. Here's what I think. I can't tell what the balance is right now. We're not at that point yet. I think that people are going to forget about this verdict. I think the big, big cases are the uh, uh, Fulton County interference with the Georgia election case. But the biggest case that really, I think if you don't bring it, it does more harm to the democracy than if you bring it, is the the, the Smith, the special prosecutor Smith Jack investigation Smith. Yeah, sure. uh, of the uh, uh, stolen documents, mm-hmm. the top secret documents, and the insurrection. 
he has to be held accountable for those two things at least. So you're right. There's a risk there, but I think that what the prosecutors and what rule of law people like me and you, we believe in the rule of law and, and, you know, equal treatment under law. If you believe in those principles and you believe in saving the democracy from insurrection, uh, you have to prosecute those crimes. And um, so those are the two big cases I would keep my eye on. The Bragg case, the Eugene Carroll case, they're more minor footnotes, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they've come first. But um, keep your eyes on the real prize here, insurrection and endangering national security with uh, top-secret documents and the interference in the Georgia election. Um, you know, this man has been corrupting elections since he first ran for president, and it's a slow-rolling coup d'etat. Mm-hmm. The Democrats may not be able to see it, but the rest of us uh, who have our eye on the, on the real ball, uh, we can see it, and it has to be stopped. So here's what you and I do not know, as brilliant as you are, and I don't know anybody smarter than you, <laughs> but as brilliant as you are. Well, I do. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's my brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, Cornell. <laughs> tell you a whole bunch of people. Yeah, you, Cornell West, a, a few friends of mine. I don't, I don't know anybody much smarter than a group of friends that I have. You're in that group. Uh, but, as, but as enlightened as you are, here's what we don't know. We don't know the order these dominoes are going to fall. Uh, that is to say, we know the E. Jean Carroll case got out first. We know that Alvin Bragg has already indicted. Uh, he's been arraigned, um, and uh, and all that process is underway with Alvin Bragg. We don't know when Fannie Willis's case is going to come to a conclusion. We don't know when Letitia James's case in New York is going to um, come full circle. And we don't know, to your point, Jack Smith, uh, about the, the the papers at Mar-a-Lago, and we don't know about January 6th. That's what we don't know. We know those things are in the works. We don't know when the dominoes are going to fall and what order they're going to fall in. Stay with me on this. As my preacher says, uh, stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. So we don't know what order the dominoes are going to fall in, Connie. But here's again, I'm just, I'm just trying to just tease this up a bit here. So what happens if the other dominoes fall first? And the last dominoes are the two things you just mentioned. But now we're at the point where the data is very clear that this race is starting to turn because of the witch hunt pile on factor. And I'm wondering whether or not that then will have any impact on what Merrick Garland ultimately does, given that Trump could win reelection and then the democracy is really in trouble. Well, I, th- I think you're raising some really good issues, but I don't think it's the order of the dominoes that's going to determine that. Um, there, there's a shorter, there's a shorter determinant, okay. which is a timeline. Okay. If Smith doesn't file this summer, it's going to be too late. If Fannie, if Fannie Willis doesn't, if she doesn't, if, if she doesn't file this summer, it's going to be too late because you'll be in the middle of the of the of the campaign, and Merrick Garland uh, 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 for the federal case won't do it. So the, I think that I think the short timeline, the crunch, is this summer. If you don't see indictments uh, coming down, at least in the in the documents case, uh, it, it's it's not going to happen. So I think that's probably more determinant. And I think there are going to be other things. I, I can you know, Biden and Trump. You want Trump as the uh, opposing candidate because people don't think he can win a general election. But if the border fails, if we go into a recession, if we go into the if, into default. And the economy turns upside down with 8 million jobs and the Social Security slash because the MAGA Republicans are a kamikaze unit and they're willing to wreck everything, the democracy, the economy, and everything just to make their stupid points. If that stuff happens, 
it, Biden could get could get blamed. So I'm more worried about those kinds of factors than the order of these cases. Mm-hmm. Which one of these things, you, you're a lawyer and I am not, a Harvard-trained lawyer no less, and I am not. Which one of these things you think poses, you mentioned the two cases that you think we need to keep our eye on the most, the two that you have, have, the, have the most gravitas, if I can put it that way. Um, which mm-hmm. one of these cases has the, the greatest chance, stands the greatest chance of stopping him dead in his tracks during the campaign? Uh, for the nomination of the GOP, I don't think anything will stop it. Okay. Because it's at a cult level. Uh, I think that if, if Dobbs and the anger of women over the tax on their reproductive freedom, of the Republicans talking about going after contraception next. So I think the barefoot and pregnant wing of the GOP is going to guarantee the continued energy from women voters. I think that younger voters that helped in the midterms to stop the red wave, if they stay activated and alarmed by climate change and, 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 and student debt, I think, it, and, and other stuff doesn't outweigh those, I think that those will drive uh, maybe a close defeat, but still defeat Trump. It, it is just astonishing to me that the GOP is a viable party because it's basically a storefront for, for you know, a crime family at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how people even see it as a viable party, but it's not only viable. You've got 40% of the country voters willing to back an insurrection, constitution-destroying force of destruction, and they just don't care. So it's, so that, that's what we're up against, and it shouldn't, they shouldn't even be competitive, never mind be in shooting range of winning the presidency. So I'm afraid we're all going to have to you know, hold our noses and, and back full bore a party that has disappointed a lot of African Americans for sure. Yeah. But not really. It's, it's, a, it's structured, and, and, and you know, we, we've got to keep fighting uh, with the tools we have. Um, let me offer, this is our, one, of our, one of my exit questions, I guess. Um, I take your point, uh, and I think you and I may agree on this. Let me see. Um, I am less concerned about the Republican Party, although let me, let me preface, preface this by saying these two things are not disconnected uh, at all. I'm less concerned about the state of the Republican Party and more concerned about the fragility of our democracy. And to the extent that we need at least, at a minimum, a two-party system, um, to advance uh, any notion of uh, this experiment in democracy. You say all the time, we have a Madisonian framework. We ain't yet a democracy. We are an experiment in democracy. You and I agree on that. I'm less concerned about the party, more concerned about the country, less concerned about them, more concerned about us, the demos, the broader demos. And my concern is that if Donald Trump, with all of this up against him, can be the Republican nominee in, in this presidential race and stand even a, 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 a sliver of a chance of winning, and he clearly has more than that, that says something to me, Connie, about our democracy that I have never had to wrestle with in my entire life. What say you? Yeah, and the international organization that evaluates the health of democracies has demoted uh, the United States to a democracy that's teetering. So you're absolutely right. Um, I, w- we will know whether it holds. We're barely holding on now because you can't have a democracy if 40% of the people don't want one. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, we're in this, 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 this arm wrestling match with the folks who want to destroy the constitutional framework, destroy any kind of effort to move forward to multiracial democracy. That's what this is about. They have decided they are not going to live in a multiracial democracy. And when Barack Obama got elected president, they said, no more. We're, we're reversing. And they are reversing full bore with the Supreme Court, with election laws. They're, they're going to wipe out all of the civil rights uh, advances. They're going to attack everybody they don't like. 
They want power to make sure nobody else can have power. They are not for democracy. So that's why uh, Biden in the midterms talked about this is a this is a bid to save democracy and it's a bid to save right. the the rollback of all of our rights. So you're right. You're absolutely right. The the health of democracy is hanging by a thread. We better all suit up. Whether you know we're happy with the way things are now, it can get a whole lot worse. My exit exit question for real for real <laughs> uh, is this: uh, after all this conversation um, about Donald Trump, Donald Trump is being is being given an audience tonight on CNN. Uh, and I don't know how to read that. I, I've been ambivalent about this. I've got you know, a couple of thoughts running through my head. In the 60 seconds I have left here, how do you, do you suggest that I read the fact that with all this going on, CNN is giving him a live audience tonight? The media is making the same mistake they made in 20, during, during his first campaign. You cannot treat someone who is trying to destroy the democracy, is willing to launch a homicidal insurrection against the, the, the certification of Biden's win, you cannot get, treat them as a normal candidate. He is not a normal candidate. He is a threat to democracy and our constitutional order. And CNN is out of its mind. Connie and I could not agree more on that last point. I said I'm ambivalent about it uh, because um, I believe in people's right to free speech. Uh, and yet uh, I couldn't agree more with Connie that the mainstream media is doing the same thing they did last time. And that is finding all these ways to make excuses about why they want to give Donald Trump airtime. And at the end of the day, you and I both know what it's about. Ratings, 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 cash, cash, cash. Uh, cream. Cash rules everything around me. That's what it's all about. I digress. Connie, as always, a great delight to talk to you. We'll do it again soon. Take care of yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. Talk soon. Uh, when we come forward, <laughs> that was a tough half hour to get through. I love Connie. She's brilliant as always. But just, just the very notion of what we discussed, that Donald Trump could do all of this, all of this, and still be the presumptive nominee and still get a live town hall tonight on CNN. What is happening to our democracy? I digress more when we come forward on KBLA Talk 15.